only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Mike? Give me a mic. Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And that was the lead singer to Outdated Slang. Matter of fact, Outdated Slang right there, uh, contributing the brand new jingle to the Riley and Kimmy Show. Be sure to check out our website for more information about them. Hi there, I'm Patrick Riley. This is episode 603, and right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! And welcome to the episode, Kimmy. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm all excited because uh, we're working on an upcoming uh, interview or two, and a couple of them... uh, well, we'll we'll tease about one of them, and uh, one I'll just kind of you know tease as well. How's that? All right. You just called me a tease. It's a flashback Friday, the day this episode is uploaded and ready to go. And being a flashback Friday, we're going to do a couple of things that are flashback oriented. Now, one of them right now, because of its length, is available just on our website. It's not part of this episode, and it is a golden age of radio. Now, because of the tropical storm, hurricane, let's just say bad weather thing, happening in the area of Florida and the coast of the United States, I thought we would go back in time to a golden age of radio program that does deal with Hurricane, and that is the story of Key Largo. Have you ever seen the movie Key Largo, Kimmy? No, never, I have not. You never saw Humphrey Bogart and Edward uh, Edward G. Robinson together in that fantastic film? Mm-mm. Well, we have the radio version. Now, this is not the audio that's lifted from the movie and thrown onto, uh, you know, just and they said it was a radio show, it was an actual production done from the story, the original story that the movie was influenced, and they made it a radio version. But the cool part is Edward G. Robinson is part of this one, and we have that on our website right now. It's from November 28th, 1949, and it's called Key Largo. It is a classic. I urge you to check it out, even if you're not even anywhere near a hurricane or anything. It's a really cool story, and Edward G. Robinson does a memorable uh, performance. So that's part of our Flashback Friday. How's that? All right. And we have something else will be flashback oriented more in the uh, superhero crime era. era. We're going to be dealing with that. Okay. Not quite. I'm stretching superhero. Let's more say comic strip comic book. Mm. How's that? Okay. Okay. Now on 603, one of the things we have to do is uh, give a big shout out. And by the way, I'm also going to have a trivia contest for you real quick. Okay. But that'll be after our shout out and stuff. We have a big shout out to one of the the I would say the most creative minds the Riley and Kimmy show has ever had the pleasure of meeting in the world of comic books and had an opportunity to interview him 
back in, let's see, at, at Daytona Beach, at the uh, Daytona Beach comic book convention last June, and that is creator Roland Mann. Now, Roland Mann is based in Florida, and he has his fingers in all kinds of things, Kimmy. He's got a new creative project, which I think is so cool because it, it's revolving around the world of steampunk Victorian horror, kind of around in that era. And he's also tying in the world of history, United States history, going back to the Civil War with this thing, Kimmy. Yeah? Yeah, and mixing the Civil War with science fiction, fantasy, steampunk kind of stuff. Wow. And... Uh, you know, this guy can do it. And I'm going to let him explain it in his own words. Here is comic book creator Roland Mann. Welcome to the Citizen's Graphic Novel Kickstarter campaign. I'm Roland Mann, the writer and creator. My colleague and cohort for this project is the fantastic artist Joe Badon. Citizens is a story of Bedford Tanner, a young man who enters the army on the promise from the government that he would earn his citizenship when the war is over. Unfortunately for Bedford, a new party takes control of the government stops the war, and brings the soldiers home, only to renege on the promise of citizenship. Now a physically deformed veteran, Bedford must come to grips with the reality that citizens hate him for being a soldier, and that citizenship may be beyond his grasp. Unless... Unless he agrees to accept a biofab body, essentially an untested biologically fabricated body supplied to veterans by the new government. Why is this important for Bedford to earn his citizenship in this alternate world? Well, as Tobey Maguire told us in Spider-Man, it's all about a girl. Bedford wants to earn his citizenship so that the girl of his dreams will marry him. So just who is Bedford? He's a farmer's son. He embodies the very ideals that many of us think of when we think of liberty, independence, hardworking. He's a salt of the earth kind of guy. Who's this girl? Well, her name is Jennifer, and she's a townie. She's from a family of money. She already has her citizenship bought and paid for by her father. But as happens in youth, she fell in love with Bedford. There was no way her father would let her date, much less marry a paperless farmer. Other characters include Renee. She's Bedford's kid sister, who was too young when Bedford joined up to even remember him. And while she may not know the real Bedford, he's blood, and she loves him dearly. And then there's Skinner. Skinner is Bedford's war buddy. Having survived their time in the service, they return to two drastically different situations, allowing us to see that there's usually more than one side to every story. There are other characters, of course, Bedford's parents, some politicians, some other war vets, but you'll have to wait and read the graphic novel before you get to meet them. So with Citizens, there's a little something for everyone. War, political intrigue, romance, cool steampunk art. And while we feel the ideas and themes are advanced, the material is accessible to all ages. We're not aiming this at your 8-year-old brother, but if you picked it up when you weren't looking, he'd neither see nor read anything that would be inappropriate. I mean, hey, Joe and I are aiming for the widest appeal possible. So okay, a little bit about me and Joe. I'm the writer-creator of Citizens. I've written all sorts of stuff from comics, short stories, novels, and even have written for newspapers. Some of the comics I've written include Cat and Mouse, Planet of the Apes, Battletech, Lita Ford, and a couple of my recent graphic novels, Cray and Demon's Tales. And there's some others too. But I was also an editor for Malibu and Marvel Comics, and that's where a lot of comic fans know me. I did some editing for Ultraverse titles on things like Nightman, Strangers, Prototype, and Sludge. I also edited Tom Mason's Dinosaurs for Hire, Protectors, and X-Mutants. And 
During the day, I teach comic book writing at the university. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So Joe Badon is a freelance comic artist. He's a guy who supplies all the really cool steampunk art for our graphic novel. He's been working as a full-time freelance artist illustrator since 2009. He has worked on projects for Assailant Comics, DebHub.com, Sorthumb Press, Red Moon Comics, Candy or Medicine Comics, Flying Tiger Comics, Silver Media, Red Leaf Comics, Vane Armor Publishing, Amish Drive-By Presents, and he's even recently finished his Terakaiju comic. And he's done so many other commercial and private commissions as well. So I'm not going to run through all the pledges. You can see those on the right. Uh, so I think everything is spelled out for you. But I will say, where does the money go? For those of you who followed Kickstarter comic projects, you know that there's quite a bit of cost involved just to print a project. And you'll see from the listing that we have of the money, most of our money that we're going to raise will go to printing and shipping out the rewards. So what are the risks? Well, there are always risks, of course. But we hope you will feel comfortable in the experience we bring to this process. Joe has run several successful Kickstarter campaigns in the past. And I've got a long editorial history of putting comics together for big publishers and even medium-sized publishers and getting them to the market. Our biggest risk really is not getting the money needed to make this thing happen. So thanks for taking the time to listen to this. Joe and I are very excited to be working on this project together. With your help, we can make it happen. That's right. You can help out our good friend, Roland Mann. Uh, see this uh, dream come true. We have a link to his Kickstarter page, also video that runs with that audio. And that's at RileyandKimmy.com. And if you can't help, or even if you can, please share it with your friends, family, and even those that you don't like. Because everybody who can help out Roland is a good thing. And I look forward to the next opportunity that we have to talk to Roland Mann. Mm-hmm. Me too. And uh, that may not be that far off in you know the distant future right and i'm just hinting there that uh-huh. could be a big hint uh-huh. what do you think kimmy is that mm-hmm. a good teaser mm-hmm. that's a possible one right and and by the way he is a fun individual if you get a chance to ever see him at a convention uh you know toy show comic book show uh con be sure to uh, stop by his table his booth and talk to him uh, he's full of all kinds of stories about the world of comic books and also not just nostalgia but also of today he has a good good uh, you know grasp of what is uh today and the future i think so it's somebody to talk to that sounds good all right kimmy first of all i'm gonna have a little bit of fun here let's see if you can identify how fast it'll take you to identify this uh, tv show theme i think you'll be able to identify it within two seconds are you ready Mm -hmm. here we go no charlie's angels didn't take her long that was easy yeah i I thought so well you were doing flashback here having a little bit of flash you know flashback kind of friday thing and i found in uh, vanity fair that each week what they do is they uh, pick a classic image from the fashion history to examine what really went on behind the scenes now for flashback friday how do you think they've tied into something with charlie's angels well um remember it's a classic image what would be the hair no you're not quite right I, i will give you this much what poster what would be the poster associated somehow with charlie's angels uh, farrah fawcett's famous uh, swimsuit poster that's it now did you have that farrah fawcett famous swimsuit poster i did not have that one did anybody in your household or have that at all no I, that's amazing i had another farrah poster so there was a lesser known farrah fawcett poster at the same mm-hmm. time the one of her in uh, logan's run Okay, that was probably before the red-suited 
one, correct? The Logan. No, I, I think it came out after. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I I won't argue with you on that one. So, but you didn't have the red one, which is the one we're going to talk about here because of Vanity Fair. Now, Farrah Fawcett's perky '70s pinup pose was one. The picture basically has been seen around the world. I think just about everybody had seen it, and a lot of people had owned it. I never owned that that poster at all. Didn't did not have that one, even though millions of copies of it sold, according to the Smithsonian. It is the best-selling poster of all time. Wow. Think about that with the Beatles, Elvis, and things like that. Uh-huh. That is the, hmm. you know, the biggest, the best-seller. That does surprise me. Now, if the poster company behind that photo shoot had its way, however, the red swimsuit would have never made it into fame. Why is that? Well, Farrah Fawcett was still relatively unknown at the point, as Charlie's Angels had not yet debuted on abc huh okay that's when the shoot was going on okay and they thought a racy shot was their best chance to sell posters that's what the photographer bruce mcbroom told entertainment weekly quote i said to farah he wants you in a bikini and she said i don't have a bikini unquote so she went into her closet and put on what she had did her own hair makeup and flashed her signature megawatt smile. The colorful background that's in the uh, the photo. Do you remember the poster? Right. Okay. That background. Do you have any clue what it was? A beach towel? You're close. It was a blanket from Mexico that McBroom, the photographer, had in the back of his 1937 pickup truck. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess he dusted it off a little bit, right? Uh-huh. Now, Fawcett chose the final shots to send to the poster company. That's what the photographer said. McBroom, the photographer, told Time, quote, it was Farrah's pose, Farrah's suit, Farrah's ideas. She picked the shot. She made a lot of money for himself and for herself, too. Hmm. So it almost did not happen. That's our little flashback moment a little bit here. Wow. So and we have the Farrah, uh, that that Farrah Barbie with the... Uh, with a little mini miniature poster. That's true. We do. I totally forgot about that, Kimmy. Thank you mm-hmm. for uh, you know pointing that one out. I forgot that was in the uh, the toy collection. So, and by the way, there's something to look for at upcoming toy collections, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, toy shows, and we know two of them. That's right. Save your money. That's right. Save all your money if you're in the Central Florida area, especially coming up real soon because there are two big kind of you know nerd events happening one is space coast comic-con at cape canaveral florida that happens september 12th and 13th that's a saturday and sunday the riley and kimmy show has been invited we'll be there there'll be collectibles there and then one that's a massive collectible kind of place a thing going on is in mount dora florida on saturday september 19th lake collecticon might be able to find that Farah there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll have more information. Well, matter of fact, we do have more information right now on our websites for both those conventions. Be sure to check it out at RileyandKimmy.com. prove that from time to time with the Riley and Kimmy show because we go back in time with the golden age of radio. Yes, right now on our website, we do have a old time radio show we talked about. It's uh, revolves around the world of hurricanes and that is Key Largo. We have that classic available for you to listen uninterrupted. It's right there. Just give yourself a little bit of time. It's a, it's a long one, Kimmy, because they stay true to the story. That's available there right now at RileyandKimmy.com. But right now we're going to go back in time to the world of comic strips and crime and detective work and somebody who was actually an influence probably on Batman, even though a lot of people wouldn't admit that. And before I get to the reason we're going to this one 
type of characters. Two reasons. A good friend of mine and yours, the Riley and Kimmy Show, Mike Kale, said, please play more of this character. And I said we would, and this is the time to do that. And a new uh, contact to the Riley and Kimmy Show, Tony, who we met at Retro Rama Pop Culture Collectible Show in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Tony uh, reached out to me, and we were talking about uh, Treasury Editions and Limited Edition comic books. And he was asking me some I'm looking for. And you know, one that popped in my mind that I was looking for, I actually let Mike Kales have. He picked it up, the Pop Culture Playground uh, booth table. And, you know, he, he, he got the better end of the deal. Um, because I didn't get this. Uh, I thought it was already in the collection. It isn't. And that is the Dick Tracy limited edition, treasury edition uh, comic book. Mike has one of those now. Mm. And I hope to get one of those uh, added back into my collection in the very near future. I'm talking to somebody about uh, oh limited editions and uh, treasury editions in the very near future. He claims he has some. It's, an, uh, it's a good friend to us, uh, to the Riley and Kimmy show. And we will be talking to him about that. I'll see if that is in his collection or actually in the collection he's offering okay mm-hmm. but until then i thought we'd go back in time and enjoy the golden age of radio with dick tracy dick tracy was big on radio for a long period of time and it was a major influence yes i think on bob kane a little bit because of the detective thing and some might argue about that but you know, let's face it dick tracy had gadgets and things like that he utilized and he utilized science uh cutting edge technology and things like that uh to solve crimes and stuff it wasn't just with the fists and that so i think there is that little bit of influence had to be just just a bit now we're going back in time to before the advent or actually before action comics number one before superman was being read yes that was 1938 but before that happened um we're going back in time to february 15th 1938 before action comics debuted we have an episode of dick tracy here on the Riley and Kimmy show. Please enjoy it, but please uh, give it a little bit of a break because it was recorded with technology that is nothing like today. And even when they did record it on the very crude, uh, you know, crude technology of that era, they weren't, you know, intending on it being, you know, around now. Let's face it. They, there was nobody who said, well, we're going to have that for 75 years. Well, it is. It's here, and we can enjoy it. It is a bit of time travel, so be a little bit lenient on the sound quality. Here is Dick Tracy from February 15th, 1938, on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Dick Tracy, in search of a black pearl belonging to the Egyptian cult of Osiris, was given a ring containing a secret compartment by Umi Batik, a member of the cult. Batik, whom Tracy had captured, told him that if he found the black pearl, to conceal it in the ring. In our last episode, Dick received a call from Cooper of the Ballistics Bureau, who had been examining a bullet which the doctor had taken from Tracy's leg. It seems that the bullet was peculiar in more ways than one. Will Tracy find the Black Pearl of Osiris? And what has Cooper discovered about the bullet that makes it so interesting? Our scene, the Ballistics Bureau. Well, Cooper, what's all the excitement about? Uh, Tracy, I've been examining that bullet the doctor took from your leg. You mean the bullet that Humi Vatik fired from Dryden Small's tiny revolver? Why, has Tracy had any other bullets fired into him? No, no. Go on, Cooper. All right. Well, at first, I was chiefly interested in examining and photographing the markings on it. And then I decided to open it to examine the lead more carefully for weight and material, you know. Yes, just go on. That's the usual ballistic procedure. Yes, but this isn't what we usually find. I opened it. And here's what was inside. The Black Pearl of Osiris. Gosh! Then it is the Black Pearl, Tracy? Without a doubt. Well, this is the most amazing thing that's happened to me in a long time. You were carrying the Black Pearl around with you in that bullet and didn't know it. Yes. And now I understand why Dryden Small kept that pearl handle revolver near him at all times. 
because one of the bullets contained the black pearl of Osiris. Well, there it is. Now, don't forget, you promised to let me keep the bullet for my collection. And that still goes. You can keep the bullet. All right. But I'll take the black pearl. I've got to see that this black pearl gets into the hands of the people it rightfully belongs to. You talk as if that's going to be a hard, hard job. It is, Cooper. Because there are others who also want to get this pearl. By this time, they know that Dryden Small is confined to the hospital, that the black pearl is in the hands of another person. It won't take them long to find out that I am that other person. And then I believe the fun will start. Well, what are you going to do with the thing? For the time being, until I contact the people it belongs to, I'm going to hold on to it. Watch. I take the top off this ring, and there you see a secret compartment into which I can place the black pearl. Gosh, Dick, I can't get over that ring. It's a beauty. Now then, I'll put the top on again, and there we are. The black pearl is now reasonably safe until I can put it into the hands of the proper person. That's a very attractive-looking ring, Tracy. I've never seen one like it before. It's more than just attractive. It's a mysterious ring, given to Dick by Humi Batik. Batik claims it will bring good luck to you whenever you need it. Yes, yes, I wonder what adventures and troubles will follow in the wake of this black pearl now that I have got it. Well, what do you mean? Well, Cooper, there's a group of men who make their living stealing art treasures. And this black pearl is one of them. These men sell these treasures to wealthy but dishonest collectors. Dryden Small is one of their agents. They know by now that Small is temporarily out of the picture. Why, at this very moment, they're probably plotting just how to get it. Silence. The High Mogul will speak. Gentlemen of the society, we are met here this evening to discuss various matters, the most important of which is regaining possession of the Black Pearl of Osiris. With Small in the hospital, how are we going to find the pearl? Are any of you aware of the method Small used for concealing the Black Pearl? I devised the method. Until now, it was my secret, mine and Dryden Small's. That black pearl, gentlemen, was molded into a special bullet and placed in a special pearl-handled revolver for safe concealment. And who has that revolver now? Dick Tracy. That means, then, we're going to have a hard time getting it. The pearl-handled revolver no longer interests us. You mean the bullet has been fired? Exactly. And the pearl has been found by the Police Ballistic Bureau. It is now in the possession of Dick Tracy. It is being carried in a special secret ring made for it called the Ring of Osiris. A secret ring? We have two objectives now. One, the Black Pearl of Osiris. The other, the secret Ring of Osiris. I would like to have it in my possession. And how are you going to get it, Mogul? Well, we number among us, as you know, a gentleman from Madagascar. Will you step forward, Remo? I am yours to command, High Mogul. Remo, you came to us with a reputation. You are supposed to be extremely expert with the silken cord. Is that not so? I am proud of my reputation. Well, you will need all your skill and knowledge for, let me warn you, Dick Tracy is no ordinary victim. He's a man of great physical strength and great mental resources. Perhaps he will prove too powerful and clever for you. No one escapes the silken cord of death. How will you go about your work, Remo? I shall bide my time. I shall hide in the rear of Tracy's car at such time when I know he will be alone in that car. But uh, how will you know this? 
I, I shall climb to Tracy's window. I shall keep close check upon Tracy from there. Listen to his conversation. Find out when he is going to use the car alone. And then, High Mogul, I shall conceal myself in the back seat. At the right moment, I will leap upon Dick Tracy. Then we can depend on you? Have no doubt of that. I have never failed. Once the silken cord has fallen, Tracy will be no more. I sing, my critical friend, not because I sing well, but because I feel well. <laughs> yep, I'm very happy tonight. Things seem to be breaking right. A little threat like the, the death hanging over your head doesn't mean a thing, does it? By this time, Pat, you want to know that threats may not mean a thing. Where's the large bath towel? Yeah. Oh, here it is. Besides, showing that you're scared of a threat doesn't happen to be my style. Oh, I can't help wishing this black pearl business was finished. You've got the thing in that ring there, haven't you? Yep, yeah, I have. Well, Junior's eyes shine every time he talks to that ring. By the way, do you really believe this ring brings good luck to the wearer? Well, we'll soon know just how lucky it is. By the way, Dick, when is that friend of Batik's going to come for the pearl? I don't know, Pat. Well, how will you know when he does come? He'll use the secret password that Batik and I have arranged. If he doesn't know the password, well... Then you know he's one of that gang Batik warned you about? Exactly. You know, Pat, this gang that Batik has told me so much about, I'd like nothing better than to get my hands on them, round them up, finish them for good. Well, it's a trick you've done before, Dick, with Blackie Moran and the Baron. Neither Moran nor the Baron were pushovers. Well, neither is this mob. Don't make the mistake of underestimating them. Uh, is the car downstairs? Yeah. I drove it over because I got a date tonight. Hey, hold on. This is my night to use the car. Huh? You had it last night and the night before. Oh, but, Dick, I got a date. Oh, sorry, old man, but so have I, with Tess. I was supposed to have the car last night. I let you use it instead. Nope, I'm afraid I'll have to insist on having it tonight. Well, okay, Legree. You can have the chariot. You take so few nights off, anyway. I wouldn't be the pal I want to be if I said anything. See, I promised Tess I'd take her for a drive up the shore road tonight. Perhaps we'll stop off someplace and dance. Hmm... How long has it been since you were on a dance floor, Dick? Why? <laughs> I'll bet you're rusty and out of practice. Oh, I don't know about that. Wait a minute. What was that? What was what? I thought I heard something at the window. Oh? I'll have a look. Hmm. Felt sure I heard something. Guess I was mistaken. No, Pat. You weren't. Huh? Look there. Where? That flower pot here in the fire escape has been moved. I remember putting it over on this side. Well, maybe someone else moved it. No, I don't think so. Look, the wet spot where the water soaked through. Yeah? If that pot had been moved an hour or so ago, the water would have dried up. It's still wet. That pot was moved less than 15 minutes ago, Pat. Well, what does it mean, Dick? It means, Pat, that I've been spied on. You mean someone's been at this window watching us? And listening to everything we've said. It started. What started? The attempt to get the black pearl of Osiris away from me. How do you know that, Dick? Wait a minute. Hello? Oh, hello, Tess. Yes, yes, dear. I'll be right over. Yes, yes, the car's waiting downstairs. Won't take me more than ten minutes. All right, dear. What? Yes, yes, I know I've been neglecting you, but... And it's nice if you understand. Yeah, yeah, it's a grand night for a drive. Right. Goodbye, dear. 
Now, listen, Dick, be careful, will you? Anything may happen. Don't worry, Pat. It'll be all right. But I am worried about you. Well, there's the chariot waiting for you. It's all yours, Dick. Sorry, I've got to deprive you of it, Pat. Can I drop you anywhere? Uh, no, I walk. It's not far from Irene's house. See you tomorrow, Dick. Take care of yourself, will you? I've always managed to. Good night, Pat. Night. We know, but Tracy does not, that Remo lies concealed in the back of Tracy's car while the detective drives to Tess Truhart's home. Will Remo succeed in his devilish scheme? Tracy is on the spot. Well, let's hope the secret ring of Osiris will really guard the pearl for Tracy, because he'll certainly need luck to escape this time. And now for our Dick Tracy Secret Service Patrol meeting, which the makers of tasty, nourishing Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice invite every active, alert boy and girl to attend. So stand by, because here's Dick Tracy, Jr. now. The meeting will now come to order, and today we have a special announcement for you from Dick Tracy. Yes. Dick has asked us to tell you, patrol members, that he has a big surprise for you. And he's going to tell you all about it on Friday. He won't even tell me now. Nor me. But if Dick has something up his sleeve for all the patrol members, you can be sure it's well worthwhile waiting a few days for. And that's another thing, fellas and girls. If you haven't joined the Dick Tracy Secret Service Patrol yet, do it right away, before Dick Tracy springs his big surprise. Yes, indeed. And listen, patrol members, if any of your friends haven't joined yet, tell them to join now, so they won't miss all the fun. Why don't you tell everyone how to join the patrol, Mr. Quaker Man, just in case some of the fellas and girls don't know. All right, Junior. Here's all you do, boys and girls. Just tear the tops off two packages of Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice or one of each. Then mail the two box tops with your name and address printed on a plain piece of paper to Dick Tracy, Box L, Chicago. Remember the address. It's Dick Tracy, Box L, Chicago. Right. And listen, patrol members, if I were you, I would start saving Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice box tops right now. You'll be mighty glad you did when Dick Tracy tells us what his big surprise is. As soon as one of those famous red and blue packages of Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice is empty, tear off the top and save it. Be sure it's the top panel that says, Three Wrappings Guard It's Christmas. Look in the pantry today to see if there's some there now. If not, ask Mother to get you some Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice at the grocer's. Those two tasty, trigger-fast cereals are shot from guns, you know, to give you and thousands of other wide-awake boys and girls and grown-ups two of the most delicious, nourishing breakfasts you've ever enjoyed. Calling all adventure fans. Calling all Dick Tracy fans. Stand by for another exciting Dick Tracy adventure tomorrow at this same time. That is all... Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.